Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. December. It's Christmas time. As Holly was saying, there's Christmas carols in the shopping center. You should have a Christmas tree up. Our dad put our Christmas lights up on the house yesterday. Um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, the countdown is on. So for the next two weeks, um, I've titled my two sermons, Christmas Miracles. Part one will be the, the prelude to Christmas, being the birth of John the Baptist. And next week, we'll look at the birth of Jesus. It might seem a bit of a stretch. For me, I struggled to fit how and why the birth of John the Baptist fitted into the story of Christmas. You don't see Elizabeth and Zechariah in the nativity scene, and you don't see baby John anywhere. However, it is pivotal to setting the foundation and the stage for the birth of Jesus. I was walking through the shops the other day and I heard a little kid say to his mum, Mum, when's Santa coming? When's Christmas happening? An innocent question, the expectation and the waiting for Christmas. Similarly, are we there yet? Mum, how much longer is dinner ready? How much further do we have to go? All these innocent questions we said when we were younger, but I feel like we still ask them today as adults. Maybe they don't come with the constant whining that we did when we talked to our parents, but there is still the sense of impatience in our life. I've just ordered a tent, a little Christmas present to me, and it's, I ordered it online and it's coming. It was meant to come on Friday, but it hasn't come yet. So I, I understand that waiting and that anticipation for hopefully I'll be able to use it, and I'm so excited to. But interestingly, the Time magazine said that we are more patient when we wait in lines when we're waiting for an experience compared to when we're waiting in lines for things to buy at a material, a material purchase. We don't like waiting. See, the line at Dreamworld is fun and it's exciting, but the line at JB Hi-Fi, especially at Christmas time, is frustrating and you feel that impatience rise up in you. Perhaps it's our modern society as well that's making this sense of impatience a little bit worse. Everything we think needs to be done quickly. Nearly every piece of technology has a quicker processing capability. There's more apps that operate at a quicker pace. That need to have something quickly is encouraged by the things we use every day. For example, if you think about photography, the advancement of film cameras to digital cameras. I've grown up with a phone that takes a photo instantly and you can take about 10 in one second and they're all there on your camera roll ready to access. But my dad grew up with a film camera and I still have it and it's awesome. <laughs> but he would talk about the, the pain of waiting for it to be developed. You would have 25 shots on the roll and you'd have to take those photos sparingly, and that'd have to be important, and that'd have to be worth it. And you'd wait for them to be developed about two weeks or so, and then you'd get them, and it'd be such a joy when you finally got them because you waited. But today, we want everything quickly. And it's hard to wait on God when we want something so badly. What about the bigger things in life? that aren't in our control, that we want so badly. 
I don't know about you, but I find my first response to waiting on God is often doubt. God, really? Look, I could do this a lot quicker. If you just let me take over, it'd be fine. God, I've waited a while now. Are you still listening to my prayers? Are you still there? We don't like waiting. And it's hard to wait on God when we want something so badly. There's even plenty of Bible verses that try to comfort us in our waiting as well. Psalm 130, verse 5 to 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. Isaiah 30, 18. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to us. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. In Lamentations 3, I nearly read that as Lamingtons. <laughs> Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Most of us are waiting on God for something. Is there something in your life now? Is it big? Is it small? Are you waiting on God for something? And it's even hard to fathom that it's not happening right now. Where is your faith when you're waiting on God? See, the nation of Israel was waiting for 400 years in silence for God to do something. It is important that the Christmas story has the backdrop of these 400 years where people were waiting. From the last prophecy of Malachi to the first prophecy of John the Baptist, there was silence. Complete silence. So for the Jew, God's silence must have been deafening. There was nothing. Prayers were being prayed. People were hoping. There was a frustration. There was a waiting. There was a doubt. Maybe some people were demanding that God would act in the same way as he did in the Exodus. Maybe God would do something amazing again, but nothing was happening. Others may have felt that man become too sinful for God to work with anymore and God had just gone. Or maybe people thought that their lack of faith somehow equivalated to God's silence and inactivity. The pause, the 400 years of waiting, the desperation that would have come out of that. Here's a quote. Historically, God had generally allowed a desperate, a desperate situation to arise before presenting his message or providing his deliverance. One morning at this time, Elizabeth and Zachariah were doing their normal day activities. They were waiting on God. They were praying for a child so desperately. From verse 5, sorry, Luke 1, verse 5. In the time of King Herod of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. 
As I was reading this, I saw echoes of the themes of Job coming in. Why are the righteous suffering? Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of his plan, all his decrees and commands. Yet this one thing that they had prayed for and wanted so earnestly was not coming about. Infertility. Hoping to have a child but nothing happens. To me this seems like one of the biggest waiting games that someone can have in their faith walk with God. There is disappointment, disappointment that is deeply heartbreaking. And these blameless servants of God lived for decades with the reality of being childless and the doubt of never being able to have a baby. They would have prayed for a child. And I can imagine in this waiting the deep and the complex emotions that would have arise. Elizabeth is probably in her 80s. No human possibility that she would be able to conceive now. And it also suggests that in her youth she was not able to conceive as well. In that generation, if a woman didn't have a child, that would have been disgraceful. Having a family and having a lineage was the structure of society. But even today, one in six Australian couples are affected by this too. Whilst our society is a little bit different, the lengths of IVF and the tension is still hard and it is still there. And it is just as much as a frustration as it was in Elizabeth's day. She had waited and waited and waited, but nothing came to pass. Israel had waited and waited and waited, but nothing had come to pass. One day, Zechariah enters the temple, an ordinary priest, one out of 180,000 priests in that day, and it was his lot to go into the temple and offer an incense to the Lord. Just a normal day. Out of silence, out of 400 years of silence, God sends his angel to speak to Zechariah. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You are to call him John. Verse 14, he will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make people ready, to, to ready, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can this be? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. 
I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Zechariah came out of the temple, mute, unable to speak. The priest knew that he had seen a vision. And eventually, sure enough, Elizabeth fell pregnant. In verse 25, she says, The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. Then in 57, When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. In our waiting, God is working. In this story, we see the parallel between Zechariah and Elizabeth. And often in the scriptures, you see a parallel between a husband and a wife and their response to God. So here we see Zechariah, a man who has prayed and perhaps given up. He has prayed and he has come to disbelief. Therefore, when the angel appears to him, there is doubt in his heart. But then we see Elizabeth. When she falls pregnant, her only response is, the Lord has done this for me. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. In Elizabeth we see a woman who is righteous and a woman who has hoped and who has prayed and who has kept her faith in God. Throughout scripture we see that God often makes people wait. It seems like he's not working and it seems like the delay is inevitable. But imagine if Elizabeth had her child earlier. Would it have been as miraculous for her to have a baby at 80 years old? And see, even the birth of Isaac was much more remarkable because he was born to a 90-year-old Sarah. See, Elizabeth prayed for a child, but God gave her a prophet. She prayed for a child, but God had a better plan. See, the angel said that God has heard her prayers. And I was thinking about it. Imagine 80 years' worth of prayers that would have piled upon piled. Like, that would have been amazing. That would have to be more than 100-plus prayers of that one same prayer. And God has heard them all. So we see here that God enters this space on a personal level. He hears the prayer of Elizabeth and he responds to them personally. But there's also the background of the 500 years of Israel that God is addressing as well. See, what blows my mind away is that in those 400 years, God was working. The Persian Empire allowed the Jews to have um, their freedom of their religion. The Greek era happened, came and went to allow the, um, the Hellenization of the country to become all Greek 
and to have one language, have one custom, have one united area. The Roman Empire came and they established all the roads so that everything would be unified. And then all of a sudden, when all of that was ready, Elizabeth had her baby. So when God answers our prayers, I feel like he's answering them on a personal level, but also a corporate, universal level that we could not even fathom. And it seems like it always works out better than we could ever imagine. Because of this, I believe that God is powerful and that God is a God who loves us. This means that there is purpose and there is care behind every prayer that he answers or does not answer. If Elizabeth had had John when she was 20, the world would not have been ready. If Elizabeth was to have John when she was 40, Mary wouldn't have been born yet. When we wait on God, I feel like we can see the bigger picture of how he is putting everything into place. Waiting for your film to be processed. See, you take photos, you take all these photos. You hope one, you take one and you're like, oh, that is going to be a beautiful photo. And then you get it and it's the worst photo in the lot and you're like, oh, damn. But there was this one that you don't remember taking. And it was beautiful. There was a little flare in the film. It was slightly underdeveloped. But it is your favourite and it looks the best. See, imagine if we, we took snapshots of what we think our life wants to be. All of our prayers, perfect prayers. But the ones that aren't answered, it's a good thing because that wouldn't have turned out well. And the prayers that we just prayed turned out to be the best prayers that God could have answered. John Piper says, waiting on the Lord is opposite to running ahead of the Lord. Oh, sorry, I'll just go back a bit. That's right. Waiting on the Lord is opposite of running ahead of the Lord. And it's the opposite of bawling, bailing out on the Lord. It's staying at your appointed place while he says stay. Or it's going at his appointed pace when he says go. Waiting on the Lord. When the angel appeared to Zechariah, he said he will be silent, but that will be freed when God's appointed time comes and you will have a child according to God's plan. And I think even the lesson of seeing Zechariah silent during the pregnancy, it's also another metaphor I see. Whilst it might be silent, something is growing. Something is forming. In the womb of Elizabeth, something is changing. Something is shifting. Zechariah was silent. Maybe God is silent. And then a baby comes and everything is changed. And there is rejoicing and there is praise again. So have you been waiting on something, perhaps for decades? Have you been waiting on something big, or something small? 
Perhaps you've given up praying for that thing because you just think there's no hope anymore. God has heard your prayers. The pile and the pile, the tears that come with it, God has heard them. And I have faith that he will answer those prayers when the time is right. According to his marvellous plan that we cannot even begin to fathom. So why don't we practice that now? Another psalm, Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I feel like this was the heart that was in Elizabeth. She had a a courageous spirit and a strength in her because she was waiting on the Lord. So to practice that now, I find waiting on God very uncomfortable um, and very, "Mm, I don't want to do this. So I thought it might be good for us perhaps to sit for a few minutes in silence and ask those two points. What are you waiting on God for? And then ask for patience and faith that God is working. So I'll pray and then we can lead that time. And then Holly, whenever you feel led, you can bring the band up. God, we thank you that you answer our prayers and you hear them, Lord. We thank you that you answer prayers so personally and so extraordinary, Lord. So God, teach us that waiting is a good thing. That with waiting comes strength and courage. So, Lord, would you lead us in this, these few moments, God, of, of what perhaps we have let go of, that we've lost hope in. God, would you renew our hearts and our spirits to wait on you. Give us patience, Lord, and give us faith to trust that you are working. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.